my reminder. Moving on. Uh, all right, we are in our series off the leash, and we're talking about freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ, and uh, the the series is all about that freedom that we find in Christ, and we we don't fi- we find freedom from the law, freedom from um, having to earn the approval of God, freedom from performance, freedom from sin. And we've experienced grace in Jesus. And that's what we've been talking about, the grace of God that is um, manifested or revealed or in human form through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And that's what we've been talking about in this series, Galatians, because our culture and our world today is very quick at putting us in a box and then trying to keep us in that box. Like you play baseball, so you're a baseball player and that's your whole identity, that's the end of it. Like um, you, uh, you have, you have a, a one video on TikTok with a million views and so that is who you are. You are now that person and that's what you'll be forever. Not really, because TikTok may get banned, may not get banned. Who really knows, it's 2020. Anyways, um, And so our culture is really quick at putting us in a box and trying to keep us there. But the relationship with Jesus that we can experience gives us freedom and life. And we aren't defined by what we do. We don't define by who we were. We're defined by what Jesus says we are. And there's freedom in that. And so we're concluding Paul's letter tonight, and he's finishing with more practical advice. Remember we talked about how it started with the personal, then it got to the doctrinal or the teachings, and then it's finished with the practical, or you could say the who, the what, and the now what. Because of all this, what do we do with it, right? Anybody like, okay, that's great information. How do I make it application? What does that mean for me? And that's what Paul's doing as he concludes this letter. Um, I've titled this message as we conclude, I've titled it Drama Queen, Drama Queen is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Drama Queen, Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 11. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're not there, the verses are on the screen. It says this. See, everyone say, see. See See with what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. Remember Paul's writing. He's like, look at these large letters. Why is that important? We'll see. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised did not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. Paul loves talking about this idea. But far be it from me to boast. You guys know what boast means? It's to take pride in, it's to brag, right? Far be it for me to brag um, about anything except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says his pride or his boasting or his bragging comes from the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, in their context and in their day and age, the cross of Jesus Christ was not something to boast about. The cross was humiliating, like, we, we look at the cross, and we sort of, over these 2,000 years, have romanticized, and we have idolized the cross, right? Like, we wear it around our neck. We probably have a shirt with it on it. We might have a tattoo of it on us. Maybe not, but we might. And whatever the case, the cross has become this symbol, But in their day and age when it was relevant, like when you have seen or know of someone or heard about somebody that was murdered on a cross, you would never boast about it. It was humiliating. What you would boast about is what you did, right? Usually people were crucified. They hung on a cross because they did something bad. 
And so for Paul to say, I'm boasting in the cross of Christ, it would be like, why are you boasting in the cross of Christ? Now, we know that Jesus obviously didn't do anything bad. He was perfect. He died for a different reason. But for him to say, I boast in the cross of Christ, it's shocking, especially since the Galatians were boasting about what they did and didn't do. He says, I'm not going to boast in anything except for in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble. Paul's like, I'm done with it. Like, I am sick of the drama. He says, from now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. What does that mean? Well, it means that Paul has physically experienced persecution and pain and trouble as a result of following Jesus. He says, I bear in my body the marks of Jesus. And then he ends, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Got one point tonight. You ready for it? It's kind of long, but it's my one point. Is this, we are to be dramatic with our invitation into the relationship that leads to transformation. Okay, one point, I'm going to say it again. We are to be dramatic, somebody say dramatic, with our invitation into the relationship that leads to transformation. It's my one thought. Now, why, do I, why am I talking about being dramatic? Well, because Paul is being dramatic. How do I know? Well, Paul draws our attention to the big letters that he's writing this letter with. Right? Do you notice that? I love how he says it in, in verse 11. He says, see, like I imagine he like circled the word see or underlined it. You know, like when you're writing something, you're proving a point. Underline. See with what large letters I am writing this letter with my own hand. Paul's being extra. Paul's proving a point. Paul is making sure that they understand that he is writing with large letters on, in other words, his caps lock is on, on purpose. It's not like grandma where you're like, grandma, your caps lock is on. Like you're yelling all the time. Why are you yelling all the time over text? Like you can turn that off. Paul's like written the whole letter and then he's like, you guys are probably annoyed by now because of how large the letters are. No, I'm not blind. No, I'm not confused. No, I didn't mess up. I am doing this on purpose. Now, again, you have to understand the context. He wasn't sending an email or sending a text message, right? Paul was writing, and he wasn't writing in a book. He wasn't writing on a piece of paper. He didn't have, like, college-line-ruled paper. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the, you've got, like, elementary-lined paper where it's, like, this wide, so your letters are big like this and then you like have the college rule line and they're like real small because they want you to write small anyways you guys don't know about that that doesn't matter you guys are like we do everything on our computer whatever okay um paul was right do you guys know what paul was writing on does anybody know he's writing on a scroll a scroll do you guys even know what a scroll is Okay, a scroll is a long piece of paper that if you were to unroll it all, it'd be like miles long. I don't know really, but it'd be really, really long. And then you would roll that thing up. And so if you got a letter 
That's why they would often sign their name at the beginning of the letter. Because if, you know how we, when we send an email, if you've ever sent an email, you sign your name at the end of the email? Well, if you signed it at the end of a scroll, you would have to unravel the whole thing to find out whether or not it was junk mail. And so they would say, hey, this is Paul. Don't throw it away. So they would unravel it. But imagine you've got this scroll and the guy's writing with huge letters. How long it would take. It would be like one line, maybe even one word. That's like Paul, unroll. An apostle, unroll. Imagine how long it would take you to get through this letter. They're like, Paul, are you kidding me? Couldn't you have written smaller? Couldn't you have saved paper? Like, what about the trees, Paul? Like, why are we writing with such large letters? And Paul says, see with what large letters I have written this letter to you. And they're like, yeah, Paul, we see it. (laughs) What is happening? And Paul The reason he is writing with such large letters is because he is being dramatic. Why is he being dramatic? Well, he's trying to prove a point. You know how sometimes when you, like, can't get your friend's attention, you have to do something so dramatic, and you're like, okay, do I have your attention? Hannah, this is what Hannah does. So she'll be talking to me, she'll be telling a story, and I will just zone out, right? I start playing wordscapes, don't judge me. Or I start, like, I'm scrolling on Instagram or whatever it is, and then all of a sudden she'll be telling a story, and then she'll just go, I'm pregnant. And I'll go, what? I said, what? Hold up. What did you say? Gets my attention every time. Hold, well, slow down. You said, what now? And she is being dramatic, right? To get my attention. It always works. She always gets my attention that way. But sometimes we get dramatic to prove a point, right? We get dramatic to get someone's attention. Paul is being dramatic. Why? Because the message that he's writing about, what he is writing about is important. What he wants them to understand and what he is doing is he is being dramatic with an invitation into relationship. The relationship that he is inviting them into and us into is a relationship of freedom with Jesus Christ. Because again, you have to understand what's going on in Galatia. Remember he says circumcision like a billion times for some weird reason. What has happened is people had come into the church of Galatia. These people that didn't know Jesus and they weren't even Jewish. They were just regular people living living their life. And then they heard the message of Jesus Christ and it blew their minds. They're like, wait a second. I can have forgiveness of sins and access to God right here, right now. It's so simple. And they're like, I want that. That sounds amazing. I want that freedom. I want that forgiveness. I want that life. I want that favor. I want that purpose. They're like, sign me up for that. It's faith in Jesus. It's him alone. And then these guys roll into town a couple weeks later. These people are like, oh, my gosh, the grace of God. Oh, my gosh, his his mercy and his forgiveness and his love. I can't believe it. And they're like, oh, that's so sweet that you think that. It's not that good. Actually, in order for you to be right with God, you have to be, well, you have to pretty much be perfect. You have to live your life perfectly. You have to follow the law. You have to keep the commandments. You have to do all of these other things if you want to be made right with God. And they're like, whoa, that doesn't sound as cool as what I had heard. And now you've got these people trying to earn favor from God based upon what they do and what they don't do. This is called religion. This is when we attempt as human beings to please God by our own performance. 
It's based upon church attendance or Bible memorization or the ability to not sin that week or that day. It's the, whatever it is. And so what happens is it becomes about our performance and it becomes religion. And so what Paul does is he dramatically invites them back into relationship. He said, it's not about religion. It's not about what you do. It's not about performance because you're messed up. I'm messed up. We're never gonna be perfect. It's about relationship with Jesus. And so Paul, with large letters, to be dramatic, to say, hey, listen to me. It's not about performance. It's about relationship with Jesus. And so he is dramatic to invite them into relationship. And that relationship with Jesus leads to transformation. Relationship with Jesus produces life change. Look again at verse 15. He says this. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. Listen, the working of the flesh or my ability to perform does not produce real change. It can only make the appearance of change. So so performance whether it's Bible memorization or it's church attendance or it's, or it's not saying bad words or, or it's whatever it is, it can only attempt to appear change. It doesn't produce real change. And what's happening in Galatia is they're settling for a counterfeit transformation. It is an outward appearance that doesn't actually mean anything. Listen to me. It's like carrying around an instrument and not knowing how to play that instrument, right? It's like, it's like walking around school like with a guitar case in your hand. And somebody's like, oh, do you play that thing? Oh, no, I don't play this thing. Like, well, what? why are you carrying that thing around? Oh, it just makes me look cool. You got one of those cool like backpack ones? Jacob Sylvie has one for his bass, who plays the bass, and it's hilarious. He'll walk in, and whenever he walks into a room, he goes. It's like the coolest thing ever. Anyways. But it's like you're walking around with one of those things. You don't actually play it. You're just looking like you do. That, that is what religion does. Religion is this outward appearance that actually doesn't signify any sort of transformation. How the, the gospel works is inside out. The relationship with Jesus is inside out. You become a new creation through faith in Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven. God's placed a calling on your life. Your eternity is secured. All of that happens in a moment, right? Faith in Jesus and salvation happens in a moment. It's perfectly displayed with the thief on the cross. Do you guys know this story? Jesus hanging on the cross and beside him are two criminals, guys that deserve to be there. Some suggest they were robbers. Others suggest they were murderers. But whatever the case, they deserve to hang on that cross. And one of the guys laughs at Jesus. One of the guys mocks Jesus and says, hey, if you're actually the son of God, why don't you get off of that cross and why don't you save us too? And the other guy on the other side says, dude, would you shut up? He says, we deserve to be up here. We're criminals. But this guy's done nothing wrong. And then he turns to Jesus and he says, hey, would you remember me when you enter into your kingdom? And Jesus looks at the guy and he doesn't say, yep, 
So what you have to do is you have to get off the cross. You have to go to church. You have to read the Bible a bunch. You have to make sure that you never say a bad word ever again in your whole life. You stop sinning. You stop hanging out with those friends. And then after you do all those things, you can enter into the kingdom. The guy would have been like, well, I guess there's no hope for me. I'm dying on a cross. No, Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus looks at the guy and he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Because the work of salvation happens in a moment. The work of salvation isn't something that you have to earn or deserve or perform and try to reach. It's something that you get. You become a new creation in Christ Jesus as soon as you place faith in Jesus. But listen to me, listen to me. The work of the gospel happens from the inside out. So the inside, you're a new creation immediately. The outside takes a little bit of time to catch up. The outside happens over time. You place faith in Jesus, you're saved, but then over time you are transformed. Relationship with Jesus makes you a new creation and then your lifestyle follows your identity. Your lifestyle, what you do, follows your identity, who you are. And when you can understand who you are in Christ, when you can understand what God has done for you, when you can understand who he's made you to be, then your lifestyle, your behavior, what you do will follow your identity. But if we attempt to go out and try to earn our favor from God based upon what we do, we will get tired, we'll get burnt out, we'll get overwhelmed, and we'll fail. But if you can go, do you know what? I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a child of God. I have a calling on my life. I have favor on my life. I'm the head and not the tail. God has a purpose for my life. When you can recognize who you are, it'll change how you live. So Paul is being dramatic with an invitation into relationship that leads to transformation. And so Paul, is, he's being dramatic to invite them into real life-changing relationship. So here's the point, and here's how I want to close. Worship team, you guys can come up here. I'm done already. You guys are like, whoa, that was fast. I'm done already. Here's the point. How are we, listen to me, listen to me. This is my one thought. I told you I had one point, and it's kind of connected, so I want you to think about it. How are you being dramatic or extra in inviting people into the relationship with Jesus that leads to transformation? How are we being dramatic with our invitation to invite people in a relationship with Jesus that leads to transformation? Because listen, transformation begins with an invitation. Transformation, people that can experience the life-changing reality of who Jesus is and what he does, it begins with an invitation. All of us are here because of an invitation. Some of you are here because of, of an invitation by your family. Your family has relationship with Jesus, and then they have invited you in by, by laying a foundation and teaching you the things of God and inviting you into relationship because of them. Others of you are here because of an invitation because of a friend. Somebody's like, hey, you should check this out. You, you should come to church. We've got, maybe you, were, maybe you started coming because of SNL, and somebody's like, hey, they've got a bounce house. And you're like, I love bounce houses. Like, that's my thing. If your thing is bounce houses, I love you. That's cool. Um, Maybe it's here because a friend invited you and you're like, hey, you should come check this out. You might like it. And you experience not hype like Gabby was talking about, not just like, oh, that was cool, but you experienced life-changing encounter 
with Jesus, with your creator, you realize, whoa, I'm made for more than what I've been experiencing. But let me tell you, transformation, it begins with an invitation. And so for us, if, if you're here tonight and you know Jesus, if you're here tonight and you've come to that point and you've placed faith in Jesus and sins forgiven and you've been able to encounter all that God has for you, now the question for all of us is how are we being dramatic with our invitation? How are we being extra like Paul to invite people into relationship? Paul's like, I'm going to write this whole scroll in all caps because I want people to know about the life-changing relationship that they can have with Jesus. And so what can we do? How can I live my life all caps and say, hey, Come into relationship with Jesus. It's life-changing. You'll find your purpose. You'll find eternity. You'll find abundant life. You'll find all that God created you to be in relationship with Jesus. So how am I being dramatic with it? Maybe you should ask yourself that. Maybe, maybe you have been li living your life with not all caps on. Maybe you're not even living like 12-point font. Maybe you're like 8-point font, which is like, if you turn that into your teacher, that's like a big no. 12-point font times New Roman, son. But maybe you've been living your life like the minus sign on the, the, the font size. I just thought this is so stupid. My dad has this. But you know like your parents have their font size like humongous on their phone. And they like, it literally takes them forever to read like a two-line text message because the letters are literally the size of their face pray for them pray for me that's gonna happen to me one day it's gonna happen to you one day okay anyways um maybe we've been living our life with with our life turned down the volume turned down on our life too low maybe you've just been going through the flow going through the motions nobody even knows you're a christian Nobody even knows. Like, nobody even knows you come here on Thursday night, and you're, like, intentional with keeping it that way. Your life has been, the volume's been turned down on your life too much. What I'm challenging you and what I'm inviting you into is a dramatic life, an extra life. And I'm using those words on purpose because I think our life should be loud. I think our life should be different. I think that people should look at your life and be like, there is something up with that person. And they don't know if you're just a weirdo or if you're a follower of Jesus. I'll take it either way. I'm going to follow Jesus. So examine your life. Think about your life. How am I being dramatic with what I've been given? And then, hey, let me, this is, this is epic because this is how the book ends and then it just sort of is a slob um, for SNL this weekend and it wasn't planned to be like that. God just works like that. Um, but sort of really simple application is like, how are you gonna be dramatic? Well, I'm gonna invite somebody to SNL. Oh, cool. I'm gonna send that text or I'm gonna post it on my story. Or I'm going to pray, and I'm going to walk up to somebody in person. Whoa. And I'm going to say, hey, what are you doing Sunday night? Do you want to come with me to my church thing? It's actually going to be really cool. And if you don't like it, I'll buy you lunch. You won't have to buy them lunch. They'll like it, I promise. But maybe be dramatic, right? Be dramatic and think about how can I invite somebody. Hey, would you guys stand with me? 
I'm going to pray for all of us, and then we're going to worship God. Father, we thank you for your goodness and for your grace.